Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. This week's episode was recorded many weeks ago. It features our dear friend of the family and my lifelong musical partner, Howie. He came on to discuss with us our new record, the new record from What Does It Eat called Sidecar, a 16-minute song cycle about 1980s and 90s TV characters, which you can listen to in full at the end of this episode. And you can also buy on iTunes and Spotify as of now because it will have just dropped. Also, we will not be releasing an episode on Juneteenth so that people can go and reflect and learn and use that day for those purposes. And also as a reminder that our family um, are supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement and a couple of the charities that are near and dear to our hearts that we have been investing in and learning from are the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative. I encourage you all as part of your learning to go and check those out. And with that, I um, uh, hope you enjoy this previously recorded episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This week we've got an exciting show for you. We're going to be talking about new music from the band that writes our theme music that I also happen to be in with Howie, who is here as a special guest. And I want to talk about um, The Wedding Singer. And The Wedding Singer is a movie that came out when we were teenagers that I've seen many times over the years, but definitely not through the lens of a parent. And, of course, we've been forcing our kids to watch a lot of movies lately. And uh, I sat down with the kids and said, let's watch The Wedding Singer. I like that. Forcing them. Oh, yeah. We make them watch 80s movies and 90s movies. And some of them have been hits. A lot of them they've really not liked. We actually are keeping a log of the buy, rent, and meh Which of is the great. family. There's a lot of rent. Because I'm, I, you really have to keep it because when they're older, they might change <laughs> their opinion significantly. Oh, maybe, maybe. maybe. And so, so just so you know, the list of words they asked me about during The Wedding Singer, prostitute, ass, asshole, and various variations of that. And the word laid, which just, you know, officially in our family means a lot of kissing. And because uh, we're romantic that way. And I was just thinking about how and, and, and by the way, my kids are fine. They survived it. Like they're not walking around repeating those words. They get it. In fact, my younger daughter loved the movie. And I was just wondering, um, Becky, have you had any similar experiences in your life with two older siblings who maybe didn't always vet what you should be watching? Except Ooh. in this case, you're the parent. Uh, you're not the yeah. older sibling. <laughs> you're the same bad Sorry older sibling. And you've already seen the movie. Stories. Well, I mean, oh, to be first... fair, you guys came out fine, right? True. So Shai's yeah. just running, running the same playbook. But, but you are the same bad guy in both oh, of these stories. At first, I thought you were bringing up the wedding singer because today is my five-year wedding anniversary. But seeing as that's not you're why not we married in May. Mazel tov. It's true. It <laughs> is your anniversary. Today is the day. It was really hot during that wedding. <laughs> it was. It was very hot. Um, we paid a lot for that air conditioner, <laughs> too. Um, so, 
but no, but since that's not why you're bringing it up, do I have similar stories now? If I, if I think back to a young, young age of mine, I don't, how old do we think I was? Seven, maybe? I recall Shai being told very, very clearly by our mother that I was not allowed to watch Pretty Woman. Wouldn't you know we watched Pretty Woman? Which was fine, except it left me with a lot of unanswered questions. Very specifically, I asked mom what a hooker was. She wanted to know where I heard such a term, which led to shy being. I, I didn't remember this at first, trouble. and now I remember that we watched oh, it on in, one of our vacations at like vacation. the Guest Quarters Hotel in yes, Philadelphia, exactly. which was one of those big 100%. hotels with the hollowed out middle, you know, where yeah. you could see the piano bar from the yeah. inside of the hotel. Now, after the hooker incident, which I did not get an answer to, but which everyone got yelled at for, few weeks went by and I was still thinking about certain things that had happened in that movie that I just couldn't wrap my brain around. So I marched my little seven-year-old self into our dad's office one day where he was working and I said, dad, what's a condom? And he looked up at me and he said, a condom is a raincoat for a penis. (laughs) And I got to say, let's tip our hat to dad. Dad, he didn't necessarily raise all of those things, but if you had to ask dad an uncomfortable question like that, well, you didn't know it was uncomfortable. He never lied and he never, he never made you feel silly or awkward for asking a question. And he answered you truthfully and directly. And I think for a seven-year-old, that is a brilliant answer. It's just a raincoat for a penis. I don't need to know more than that. I didn't have so questions. It's not really the best. You didn't have further questions. Trying. You were like, oh, I did okay. You weren't like, does he need a hat and galoshes? You were no, like, yeah. But in my mind, <laughs> I imagined what it would be. I definitely imagined like a yellow raincoat <laughs> with a little yellow like bucket hat like rain hat and i was like that somehow makes perfect sense (laughs) and uh so thank you dad (laughs) dad dad you're great i appreciate dad okay well i'm gonna turn the show now over to becky and lily um and sit into the guest chair with howie because howie and i uh by the time this is out hopefully if not very soon after we will have released something that is Eight years in the making, our 16, now 16 minute, it started off as 12, and it's a 16 minute song cycle about 1980s and 90s TV side characters. And uh, so I welcome us as the guest, Howie. It's great to have you here, <laughs> my musical life partner, uh, uh, someone I'm so grateful to create with. And, uh, and now I, I pass it over to Lily and Becky to, uh, to take the show away. Well, no, you, me, go first. You, I'm, I'm happy to go first. You go first. In a second, I'm going to start should interviewing us. Was I should we do this for a while? Um, well, can you read the list of the side characters? I assume you have it on hand. Yeah, well, you I just know, know it off. I know by it by heart because I, I had to write it, it so many times in our in the course of prepping the materials. So there is Lowell. without going into detail, just go, just yeah, Lowell just Lowell Wings. Um, Skippy from Family Ties, uh, Kimmy Timmy. Gibbler from from Full House, Ed Chigliak from Northern Exposure, Mona from Who's the Boss, Vinny Del Pino and his romance with Janine from Doogie Howser, M.D., and Phil from Night Court, who was Dan Fielding's uh, best friend, and then finally 
the never seen Vera from Cheers. And of course, as a result, Norm from Cheers as well. Right, Hal? I got everybody. Yeah, I think that's right. So so the question is, and it's it's a two parter. Why? Just a general why, which you can answer any way you want. And then my deeper layer to that is how and I'm how did you choose these specific Right. Because some of them side, I recognize deeply recognize from Shy's like youth. And I wonder if the ones that I don't recognize from Shy's youth are Howie filling in. But yet I find it very hard to believe either one of you but watched please, Wings. Before you Because <laughs> I did. I watched Wings, but I think I'm the only person. No, Vlad watched Wings. That was I like watched me and show Vlad. And he, when, when okay. she, immigrant Vlad, Vlad and me watched like, shows. When Vlad was a brand new immigrant to this country, to Canada, that country. That was like his one of his first shows. But but really prop before you go into the how, I need to know the why. Uh I think I think I was on a bus. I think I was on a bus and I, I was heading home from somewhere and I just, the idea popped into my head. I mean, Shai and I have made music together forever. Uh, and, you know, after writing songs that, some, sometimes songs arise out of emotional reactions to real things in your life. Sometimes you read a, a, a book. I know Shai reads a lot of books. So, so the... <laughs> <laughs> like we said at the beginning, this is a comedy podcast. Definitely, <laughs> so it's the books. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, so sometimes like you have a, a, an immediate emotional response to something and it prompts some creative activity. But other times, uh, you know, you have creative energy and you're looking for a set of rules to, to guide a project, right? So sometimes it's easier to be creative when you set up the parameters first. At least I, I felt that. And I think I just, it just popped into my head. It was like, uh, wouldn't it be silly and fun to write like a whole series of little songs about all the characters in the TV shows that were like the backdrop of my childhood that people don't talk about because they're the side characters. They never, you know, they might not have gone on to other things or maybe they did. And I wonder if maybe it was around the time Sideways was really popular, the movie Sideways and... Because um, the project, we started writing it in 2012. Oh, maybe. So and that's Thomas why Hayden Church, maybe back, he was right. having a, maybe having, maybe he was having a moment. Although I, mean, I think Sideways like is still... way before that. Way but before he's been that. having a yeah, moment side, sideways is since then. When was he Sandman? Wasn't he Sandman in one of the Spider-Man movies around then? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think mean, it's fair was... to say that okay, he's been so having we're... a moment for a while. You so... could have picked up any one of his moments. Yeah, it was probably subconscious. And I thought, oh, I know this guy from Wings. And like you, Lily, I watched the show. I don't have any, like, I didn't have really strong memories of the show. But I, like, the characters always, like, okay. they ping a particular period of my life. And so it started off as, like, like a silly like lark idea and and as we started writing the songs i was like oh i have real feelings about these imaginary silly characters like <laughs> they were genuine emotions and i couldn't like i couldn't believe it so th i think that's why we kept going with the project so i think it i think that's how it came up i don't know Shia, if you have a different memory well i mean i didn't need a song to tell me I had emotional feelings about all of these characters <laughs> and had thought about their backstories a lot. Um, but I, you know, I think this was the kind of thing we hadn't done yet. Like we had, we have, we've done individual story songs. We've done serious songs. We've done uh, personal songs, 
but we hadn't really bitten off something this big and it really turned I feel like out this is your rocky big. raccoon <laughs> rocky raccoon well i mean i guess yeah, in it, i, I mean well we yeah, took epic ballad i i i mean we were the, we were yeah, i don't know we were inspired by very much so there's this for me i was very inspired by billy joel has this great riff it's on the fourth disc of his greatest hits box set where he talks about how Abbey Road, the second disco, the second side of Abbey Road, influenced scenes from an Italian restaurant, mm. and we were we there are very conscious nods to those two pieces in the way we built this piece, even though obviously we are not putting ourselves in that world. I mean, you can, but but it's supposed to it's supposed to mimic it as you go through it. Well, it's like an way, epic. It's an epic well, also song. the way certain the. The opening track, the opening song is Lowell. It's about Lowell, and but the musical theme from Lowell comes back at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the song in the last section, and the musical theme with um, Skippy, which is uh, pro probably like my favorite musical moment of the whole thing, that comes back in a guitar solo that Howie does later in it, and so that kind of playing with it was very much influenced by that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Howie's like, let's write a show about TV. I'm like, <laughs> I was already there. Um, now you cover an array of different characters, but all from this, I mean, they're all from the same, essentially, maybe with the exception of Northern Exposure, the same style of 80s, 90s sitcom. Um, was Do that Doogie Howser is also a single camera show. Oh, Okay. So, like so I see there, there, there is some diversity then, um, <laughs> in your, in your, it's mostly format, 80, but it's, but it's mostly eighties, eighties, early nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, now can you, I don't, I don't feel like I got enough depth into how you selected each character. So I'm wondering if part of your selection had to do with maybe you identify in certain ways with each of these side characters. Um, is that true? If so, could you elaborate? We did it piece by piece. I remember we each would come with different, we'd email, we probably have records of this, of, of like how we decided on each one. I know, and this is before the Fuller House announcement, that I was like, we got to do Kimmy Gibbler and Howie and I even went on a campaign to try to get Andrea Barber's attention with it, which by the way, she was not interested. And you think, you think I don't, think, you, I don't but, think you're the first people to write her a song. I'm just but, <laughs> but I would like really it known point. that Fuller house was announced shortly after we released a demo of Kimmy Gibbler online. So people who are Fuller House fans can thank us for it. Yeah, that's right. I think there's no there's no clearer example of uh, of correlation meaning causation in this particular uh, circumstance. How, yeah. I mean, I knew there were some that Howie and I loved. Phil from Night Court. Night Court is a show that was on after school in Montreal every day at the 5 and the 5.30 slot. So if you're a kid from Montreal and you had three channels, that was the yeah, show you were watching. For sure, yeah. We would watch it two, two episodes in a row. And uh, when, when Harry Anderson passed away not too long ago, I remember thinking, like, I just had a moment of realization. You know, I'm a, I'm a professor and, and I stand at the front of a class all the time. And so I have to kind of adopt a persona. And shockingly, I'm like the goofy professor is my persona. And I remember thinking when he died, I'm so glad my students haven't seen Night Court because they'll know I'm 
completely ripping him off <laughs> all the time subconsciously. Could, could well, I mean, he is a legal scholar. He is a legal scholar <laughs> right. just like you. That's what right. I'm saying. Maybe he was your inspir- your subconscious inspiration for becoming a law professor. Well, and you know, and he too started as a side character on Cheers, right? So, uh, you that know, is it, true. It, all, it all ties together in a nice Full little circle. package. That is true. And then I think we tried to, to capture shows that we did really, really love. Like Northern Exposure was a like a deep personal favorite for me. Howie, how about you? Oh, for sure. And I remember I have this strong memory. It was on it was usually on at least once, maybe twice a day in syndication when we were in high school, uh, on A and E or Bravo or one of those channels. And I Pre- remember Real Housewives. <laughs> yes. The, the uh, old Bravo. Pre Botox Bravo. I remember like during exam periods when we would be able to leave school at, whenever we finished the exam, I would be like rushing to the end of the exam so I could make it home in time to watch <laughs> Northern Exposure. So and now you have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> what does that tell you about television? That's right. Exactly. And okay, Ed's, and what, and, Ed's a special yeah, character too. He right? is. He's really memorable. He is, and, He's like and, the and conscience I, of the show or the audience sure. avatar in a sense. I mean, I have to say that that I love Mona, but I, I'm curious how you guys chose Mona. You know, I also Mona is about, about Kimmy Gibbler. Like well, Kimmy I, Gibbler to me is very I, obvious. Those to me seem like a bit of like no, but for 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 these for Shy and Howie, those Mona and Gibbler seem like wild Mona's, card yeah, choices. But, yeah, although Mona's a fantastic character. Well, Mona, I think by the time we wrote Mona, we were already into the project. So we were tossing around ideas um, of different shows at the time and who the side characters were. And I remember thinking somebody like, who's the boss came up? I don't remember how it came up, but I, I remember thinking, huh, I watched that without, like, on a, without taking in Mona's character very well. Uh, but what a, a head of the game kind of character, right? Here's this an older single, woman yeah. who is single and like totally sex positive and like you like it it's just her uh, and Rue McClanahan they were the only ones <laughs> anyway it's just like it was like huh that's like a person out of time what what was she doing in that era which was a little bit more buttoned up in terms of what you would see on sitcoms or in the ways that it was looser than we are now ways that we now find kind of offensive right so um so i think that's why she stuck out to me as a character sure Uh, kimmy I don't know if there's, what do you think about Kimmy, Shai? See, I mean, so look, Kimmy to me was just, there were certain characters that like, oh, this is the reason why we are making this. And for me, when Howie suggested this, Kimmy Gibbler is just the reason why. You make, you write a 60 minute song cycle so you can do something about Kimmy Gibbler. Now, He's iconic. She's an iconic side character. But specifically the music in that. So I remember really, if I remember correctly, Howie, it started with a drum beat and lyrics. And sure. because we I, uh, we emphasized the neon of her clothes, we gave it a real new wave sound. And in fact, the drum beat that's used in the final recording is the drum beat from the original demo. We had to like rescue it, right, or something like that, or we, yeah. we had to rescue it from an old computer. But it's the but but so in that sense, we had a, that one was like not only do we have to make it, this is the style we have to make it. This one will be. This one will be. Now, there is a great Easter egg in that one, though, because I just want you to know, in the second verse, I'm very pressed. I don't Do you guys know that you can, in the second verse, they say, Joey Gladstone, 
Well, you ought to know. Because yeah, he with Atlantis uh, Morrison. That's unconfirmed. And the song, rumor. and the song is very much about her having crushes, these unrequited crushes on Uncle Jesse and Joey Gladstone. But again, there's a little subtle burn there, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dave Coulier. Can you can you can you elaborate on any more of the musical themes and how they relate to the characters in the same way? New Wave, Neon, Gibbler. Are there any other connections like that? Or well, Mona. That... I think Mona is kind of like almost a hippie hipster tune. Like it started off as a. I, that's my uh, favorite part of the song, by the way. That I is most people's favorite part. I love the Mona most people part. tell us that is the part they they like the most. Um, it, it started off as a just like a ukulele, uh, a tune on a ukulele, and to me that's like part of the sort of free love vibe that, that cool. Mona, uh, put into the into the world. Um, I think that the ending tune, uh, Vera, um, was an attempt to kind of put the relationship between Norm and Vera into a more epic perspective, right? So like, mm-hmm. you never see her. So it builds up this question about like, if the show was made in a different way, from her perspective, maybe, where you'd never see Norm, right? Because he was always at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. Like, would it give us a different a different view? So we tried to build up this this epic feel uh, in the in the end of the tune. And and I remember because this was all '80s themed. When I laid down the original beat, I was trying to do this like Bon Jovi romance ballad kind of beat. In the end, and I and I think with highest compliments to Howie and the music, it actually sounds more like an Elton John like rocker. The way the piano <laughs> weaves in. Um, although that electric guitar does have that does have that sort of Bon Jovi-ish part to it, but it was supposed to have this like, you know, the end of the show, the lighters are up kind of feel to it. These, you know, these this romance between these two people who otherwise it wasn't already shown. And sometimes it was just like a puzzle, right? Like it was setting a challenge and then having to work backwards to it. So the song, like the song cycle changes keys a bunch of times. So like the puzzle for me is in the harmonic structure of the song is like, okay, how am I gonna end this song so that the next song sounds right? So like at the end of the song, Vinny, there's like three key changes just cause that was the way I could get to the, to the key of Phil. Uh, Got it. That, um, so sometimes, sometimes it was just like, huh, let's add a rule. We'll add a rule, and then maybe it'll push us push us to to try something new. And and, and I will say I just want to say something about Vinny is that I have been wanting forever to write a doo-wop song, and because <laughs> Max Costella I think was in Newsies, which I don't even know if doo-wop is the is the style, but because Max Casella was in that, I very much like to me it was like oh this is the chance we're going to do doo-wop, and and Howie does such a beautiful job with those backup vocals going. Doogie doo-wop. I do want to say, like, before we transition out of this, we had tremendous help from a couple of people. Jasmine Gillison, who is an amazing musician and uh, plays uh, her own solo music as well as in Justin Jones' band and with Rachel Levitin. She uh, did all of the female backup vocals and she, you know, she came in and just knocked everything out in a day. And that's when you like when you ask someone to do a favor for you and then you realize like six songs into an eight song song cycle. They've now sung on every track on your record. And you realize, <laughs> like, oh. uh, And there's key changes. And she did just a beautiful job. She's such a great voice. She's so talented. And then an old friend, um, uh, a, a man I know for many reasons, but one that he had a Tabasco sauce holster. <laughs> 
<laughs> for making sandwiches. Like he's like a quick draw with his I, Tabasco sauce. I know what I can get Vlad for him. I was about to say, hey, how are you Vlad? Vlad? It was the, it was the, uh, I think he doesn't listen to this podcast. Now it'll be a surprise. He, he was my roommate my first year of university uh, in, in Jerusalem. And, Daniel Engelman, uh, Daniel Engelman. And, and he used to put Tabasco on everything. He told this story of like when he was in grade school, at one point he was sitting, sweating in class and his sweat dripped into his eyes and his eyes started stinging because he realized he was sweating the Tabasco that he had drenched oh his French fries with. Anyway, it was a lifelong passion of his hot sauce wow. in, in general. So it was the early days of shopping on the internet, but we found that you could buy on the Tabasco website a camouflage Tabasco holster, right? So you can hide in the woods with your Tabasco. And, uh, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so we got this it This is him. Becky's husband's dream, the more and more we talk about it. But did you do you also have to buy him like a lot of you know diaper ointment as well because that's gonna <laughs> hurt quite a bit on the way as, out and i think quantities. His, his tolerance went up and his sensibility also went up as he got a little bit older um he's anyway he's a great great musician excellent lead guitar player and then uh when, when he moved back to the U.S., he started playing bass in more bands, and he became an excellent bass player over time. Uh, and so it had, we had been, he actually played on a demo like years and years ago. He played lead guitar on, on one of the demo we recorded. Um, but uh, anyway, we got, we, because we're so, file sharing is so easy now, um, it, it's made it a lot easier to collaborate with old friends like that. So you just talk them through. That's it, awesome. It, That's super stuff. fun. So he plays the bass line on Mona, which I think really elevates the song. Like I couldn't, I tried three or four different things and it wasn't, it was never exciting. And I sent it to him and like a week later he sent me back the track and I was like, this is great. And now his kids, his kids sings the song all the time because he was listening to it a lot. <laughs> and, and one could say he put the hot sauce on Mona. Ooh, he spiced first, it up. He spiced it up. The first to ask, how come you're the only one not dancing? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's where that joke comes from. His family. That's where it comes yeah. from? Yeah. That's a wow. great. I mean, how? I think. I, why don't we use that to segue into the rest of the show, Howie? I'll take. <laughs> I, I, I thank my sisters for hosting. Howie, why don't you tell us the "How come you're the only one not dancing" story, and then we can get back to talking about side characters. Uh, well, I because I, I use this on my sisters nonstop after you told me this story. I, you know, so the the story as I was as it was told to me, was that there were three brothers in the family uh, and the two older ones were kind of close in age and they would sometimes kind of, you know, gang right. up on the little one. I don't know if that that feels familiar to you, Becky, at all. If the, as the youngest, you were kind of the, the one, at least- you Only know. now in more recent history. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so one of, the, one of the little jokes they used to pull on him was they would put on like music and they would all dance in his face, the little guy and be like, hey, how come you're the only one not dancing and he has no interest in dancing and he'd be like i'm fine guys you can you can leave me alone Aww. and they would just keep, keep at it uh but i think it's one of those sayings that became like a family joke over over time and then i adopted it because i like the idea of saying things to becky like becky how come you're the only one not dancing only no one's dancing in this <laughs> it just like freaks her out <laughs> So You'll have you... to release the video of my face. 
your 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 mind is open. All right. Well, let's let's now dive in. We're talking about side characters. We're talking about oh, sidecar. That's the name of the album, by the way. It's coming out. You will. There's a 16 minute track, which I'll throw on at the end of this recording that people can listen to via the podcast, or um, you can buy the track as well as each of the individual songs, the movements, if you will, uh, will also be for sale on iTunes and Spotify, unless they get rejected. It was, it was a thing getting this thing uploaded this time. 16-minute track nearly broke the internet, just so everybody knows. Whatever. There's like four-hour meditations. That's not fair. Oh, yeah. Believe me. Don't get me started. Bye. I had to call tech support. So let's talk about uh, side characters. Howie, actually, you had uh, you had the best opening question. So so over to you. Uh, well, I just thought it would be a fun conversation to ask. I often ask people like uh, if they on their own got stuck in a radiation chamber and some aspect of their personality became their superpower, what their superpower would be. So this is kind of like a spin on that kind of a question. So if you you could pick if you were to be a side character on any TV show. Uh, which TV show would you want to be, and what character would you be portraying uh, in in that uh, in that hypothetical world? So, I mean, the aspect of my personality, I would just say I would be able to move things telekinetically with anxiety. <laughs> but that what would be show? My no one's asking what your oh, superpower and, is. And, yeah, what show? Oh. Oh. I, you weren't supposed oh. to answer his actual question. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got anxious thinking about Which it. Which side character? Would <laughs> oh no, you for be me, I've been thinking character? about this, and and like I'll say there there's two. You're right obviously now. the bailiff on Night Court. 100%. Me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what oh, that's you're. funny. No, for me, I'm so wrapped up right now in Airbender with the kids. We're so deep into it that, like, I obviously want to be like a member of like the Air Nomads or the Waterbending Tribe uh, in that show. Or I was trying to figure out the right era for it because I didn't want to be one of the Jedi's that get murdered. But I obviously want to be <laughs> one of the Jedi's in any one of the Star Wars shows. Maybe like an uh, a, a post Return of the Jedi, Jedi and the Mandalorian that sort of like scoops up to be part of, you know, the the you Mandalorian. Can't name a side band. character that doesn't exist yet. No, oh, that's, that's the, the whole point. That's the whole point. I'm creating. You, I'd like to you be some are the side of character. cool what? nomad Jedi uh. that hooks up with the Mandalorian and then like everyone wants to cosplay as. Mm. Okay, I, can I go next? <laughs> so you're I'm really, I'm really excited about mine. <laughs> Sorry, we need to go back to yours at some point, maybe off this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Oh, really well, if you'd watch Airbender, you'd know, you'd understand. Becky understands. Yeah, no, I I mean, you would. I had a dream I was waterbending the other night, so it's okay. <laughs> I, we'll get into that God, another time. Hey, wait, can I go next, Shy? Because yes. I've been really excited yeah, yeah, about absolutely. mine. I would be Veronica Lodge's fast-talking... <laughs> Single lady, powerful, like Hollywood producer Tia, Becky, of some sort, you know. I can oh, hundred percent, and she'd like, like come it. visit me on set in Hollywood, and I'd be like, I can hundred percent say if someone from this group is not getting murdered on Riverdale, it's you. <laughs> okay? Yeah, and I could see the like, rest of like us an I'm episode not sure. where she comes to visit me in Hollywood, and I'm like her, you know, powerful aunt who her Tia who like inspires her to you know, start another rum business or something, whatever she does. Nice. Yeah. All right. Howie? Will. I want to hear, oh, oh. hear Howie. What do you mean? How uh, Howie asked the question. Oh, he must Fine. have one. Was it your uh, I was thinking about it. I, I think. I can go last. I can... 
Well, you if you have something in mind, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I I want to be on um I want to be a side character on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I feel like I can be the new secretary who does no work but makes everybody laugh after Gina Linetti. Wow, you really think highly of yourself. Eric. Yes, I feel like I would be the least useful to solving the crimes, but I'd keep the ambience very light. Okay, that's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, I I imagine myself as a side character on Bob's Burgers. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched that show. It's an animated heard of it. Uh, show. The characters in that show are so funny. Uh, and I would imagine myself as being like one of the other kids in the high school who ends up getting into like a competitive thing with the Belcher kids who are the main character kids. Uh, and, but then they ultimately work together to sort of get back at the school guidance counselor or something like that. I think that would be fun. The The burger joint in Bob's Burgers is also supposed to make really amazing burgers. So I would also- I mean, every, like immediately when you started talking about that, all I started thinking about was burgers. I was like, how are you at burgers? <laughs> <laughs> well, then every, every episode, they have at least one, like special, the special menu item is always some kind of pun on whatever the ingredients are. Is uh, it like a Simpsons? What is it? It looks too family guy and I don't like the family guy. It's not as cynical as the family guy. It's like, it's like a, you know, a family that owns a restaurant. The kids are really funny and weird. It's got a lot of heart. Um, mm. One of the, the guy who does uh, the voice of, of Bob is uh, H. John Benjamin, I think is his name. Um, he also does Archer. He does the voice of Archer. Um, and uh, oh, Kristen Schaal is on. Is oh on yeah, yeah, she's not on. I'm, I'm hilarious. How you? Uh, and how whole, you like, sort of like uh, pocket recommendation? To, yeah, yeah, the seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seventh season of Bob Burgers has a ton of songs in it. Uh, they do like a bunch of musical episodes, and the music in that show is hilarious, brilliant, really fun. Wow, that's quite the recommendation you snuck yeah. in there. So I that sounds amazing. I'm gonna try that out. Uh, but I was thinking about burgers enough that I don't remember now if Lily said the answer. I'm fine. Yes. Keep going. She's, she's the secretary on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, right. Nine-Nine. Yeah. Gina Linetti. Got it. Okay, cool. Okay. Now, okay. So what makes, so what makes a good side character, right? Like I, like if I think about some of my all time favorite side characters from shows, they're, they're listed in this, in this song in particular, like I always really, really loved Phil from Night Court. I just loved how absurd he was. I loved how sweet he was and how he was such a great counterbalance to like horribly cynical Dan Fielding and how in some ways, once they killed Phil off, he becomes Dan Fielding's conscience as they finally evolved that character. So for me, a side character is, is part of the, tapestry of the world but they also play an actual role in moving it and aren't just like funny on the side does that make sense Mm-hmm. i would up the ante on that and say a good side character creates contrast to your main cast um and very specifically by like poking holes in whatever their little world or bubble is and i think gina linetti is a perfect example she's, of a great she's, on my I mean, list of she's, my she's a side character but she's also a lead on that show no i would say she's a side character i guess you're um, right. i guess peralta and and um and the other and cops captain, are, and the captain yeah. are really and the, the, yeah yeah I feel like so, she's a supporting character. So I, so I think like, the, yeah, they're going to create, or if you look at Vinny Tadugi, you know, someone who's going to create some some contrast. Yeah. That's true. Ed does the same thing with uh, with Fleischman, right? Ed is like go. this grounded, like, mm-hmm. 
calm. I mean, he has his own moments where he's, he's questioning and stuff, but in a very different register than he's Fleischmann. very spirit. He's very spiritual too. Fleischmann's very like medical and scientific and the, there's a lot of supernatural, like very gentle supernatural in Northern Exposure. And Ed is the sort of expression of that whimsy, which makes him great. You know, sometimes side characters also become main characters. Right. Like right? Janet. I was thinking of Janet from the good place. Oh, who's just yeah. sort of like this at the beginning Robot-y side thing. Darcy Carden. Yeah, she's oh, awesome. And by the end, she's A, one of the best characters on the show, and B, is, provides like a fundamental aspect to, to help the story move along and all that. She was on my list of favorites, in case anybody wants to know. It's a good, good call. But what about you, Hal? Uh, I think all my favorites are somewhere in the song. Um, I was think, well, thinking about this, yeah. No, go well, ahead. Speaking of which, I'm surprised, and I wonder how you guys feel about it. How could you mention that era and like the most famous side character? I feel like from our era is Urkel. Uh, yeah, I'm it? not a. I, I like Jaleel White, but I am not. And an you Urkel were just guy. and you right, right. But I feel like he's so famous, and you you guys were just like, is nah. he a side character? No, well, he was a side character. He, who the, you're right. The, like beginning. that's a situation, honestly, of the side character getting out of control. Like right. here was a character that should have been in small doses, and then the show suddenly was really about Urkel about, and Carl getting right. into shenanigans every week. I mean, it was also about Stefan Urkel, like that's a, who was uh, a different. How we <laughs> have we? About... I would have written a song about Stefan Urkel, <laughs> a clone of the side character. Yeah, that would clearly be like a smooth R and B track. Uh, like there you'd have oh, another option. And I have a question. Is the Fonz, is, does he count as a side character? I think he started well, off as yeah. a side character. To me, he's like the ultimate. He's but like he was the a side character, side character who then they were like, the, the studio execs were like, just put more Fonzie in it. Just make it all right, about But Fonzie. to Becky's point, he's really a contrast to the main character. Right. Yeah, and helps, is... you know, kind of drive the story in a direction. And, and when Richie leaves, you sort of lose, I mean, you lose one of the main characters, but you also lose that dynamic between Fonzie and Richie, which is and if we And if there was no Fonzie, we wouldn't have the expression to jump the shark. So then where yeah. would we Well, be? the, you know, that whole, that's the last Richie episode also. So jumping right. the shark isn't just that moment. It's that the show just should have ended right there. Right, exactly. And there's that moment years later in Arrested Development when, when Henry Fonda's character like hops over a shark on the marina. Oh my God, uh, I did not know that. They don't. They don't like draw attention to it at all. It's just like one of those little Easter eggs in the show where they're nodding to Hilarious. the fans. Hilarious. Yeah. Wait, you mean Henry Winkler? Henry Henry Fonda. Henry, Henry, yeah. Henry Fonda yes. is a different actor. Different. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I was like sure. Henry Fonda. Really? No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Henry Fonda in Happy Days. I'll, I'll, uh, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> uh, Henry Winkler's on my list of actors that I want to hang out with. By the way, I mean Becky, he's a great side character on Parks and Rec. How, <laughs> how great is his cameo? Oh. And if I could be your woman. As himself. Oh, yes. I loved that. I love that little bit. Um, oh, my gosh. Come on. The two, I think, seriously, two of, two of my favorite all side characters, John Ralphio, John Ralphio. And, and Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. John Come on. Ralphio and that's and like, the, that's, and, that's, and, and I think they hit something with John Ralphio, and you're like, don't ruin it. Don't. And then they made it better with Mona Lisa. Like, <laughs> that is such a risk right. that they took with her and that character. And it only made it better. Although it, Jenny it Slate and Ben Schwartz are pretty like amazing. They're by, amazing. By the way, they also both appear in House of Lies. Uh, so that's a cool drama comedy-ish show that I recommend. Showtime, Don Cheadle. 
Kristen Bell. All right, let's play a little buy, rent, or meh with uh, just, just a couple of rounds of buy, rent, or meh. I want to go with 90s-era side characters that were restaurant staff. I love I, – I, this I can't get over how genius I mean, this first one is, the, the restaurant okay. staff side character. So Amazing. the first one is Gunther from Friends. And then I'm going to go with Ursula from Mad About You. Now, it's a little bit cheating because they, they are in the same shared universe. Ursula is Phoebe's twin sister. Mm-hmm. Not really but cheating. Two different, two different shows. shows. <laughs> two different shows. And then, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I wanted to make sure I didn't leave out the, the you know, this is a music-themed episode. <laughs> entertainers, Bonda Shepard from Allie McBeal. Oh and, we have and, talked and, about and, a strange amount on this podcast. Do you, and do you Bonda have to count her as like, a side character? Because she's, like, on the posters. No, like, no, no, she's, she's, a, she's a side she character. Does, she's, she's not, not in the show. Any, she doesn't have any, like, spoken lines, but she sings a lot. She's playing that song Every at day. the end. Every episode. Every day, so, they, they, at the end of every app, they go to the watering hole and they listen to a little Vonda. So, uh, what, what do you got? So nineties, uh, I can't even. Lily, who do you? Who do you? Obviously, Ursula. Ursula's the buy? best. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she's on both buy. shows. I loved her on Mad About You, and I loved her on Friends, obviously. Um, and then you have to rent Gunther, I guess the worst so i feel bad for him so you're um, gonna meh vonda? I'm meh vonda. yes that okay. the fact that they tried that, to attempt okay, to make that okay. a character on that no, show no. Pro, like here's, i give them you know congratulations it, it has to never the 90s here's how i'm gonna counter for a reason here's i'm gonna counter you buy our bin dish oh there we go i'm gonna <laughs> are you guys song. getting ready to cover the song is that why you keep bringing i honestly after? don't know the song I just oh, remember. Well, I that. do. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to buy Ursula, obviously, because she's hilarious and she does a crossover in two shows. She's so good. Then I'm going to rent Vonda because Vonda is at least bringing something to the table. She's bringing something. She's singing. There's a performance. You know, she's got, there is something worthy there. And Gunther is the absolute man. He is one of the worst characters. The only slight redeeming factor he has is how much he hates Ross and how mean he is. He is those scenes boss. are worth a rent. Those, Sorry. But that's his like barely redeeming factor. Otherwise, he's a twin. When Ross is like, can I get a muffin? And Gunther just like takes all the muffins. He's like, there's no muffins. He <laughs> <laughs> says trolling him all the time. Yeah. That's worth something. That's only, uh, um, all right, Howie, over to you. Uh, I I think I'm I'm with Becky. Uh, I think I would buy Ursula. Uh, I didn't ever really watch uh, Ally McBeal. But and that's how much you hate Gunther. I think he makes every scene he's in worse. I like. Yes, this is true. I, I don't want to see him. I would. I would rather be sung to by somebody whose music I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> so I think. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just uh, ditto Becky on that. One. I, I, I'm gonna Meg Gunther. I'm gonna rent Ursula. And I'm oh gonna buy God, Vonda. What is with you and Vonda Shepard? You don't even know. I don't even know. With you and her. I just trying to get her to bold. tweet out these episodes. I just <laughs> think it's. I just think it's. So bold. We can reach her fan base. <laughs> sure, the, the Venn diagram between potential what does it eat fans and Vonda Shepard fans is a completely <laughs> overlapping circle. It's like a, an algorithm. <laughs> And so we, um, okay, all right. So now let's, there's another one. There was a really sad um, uh, passing in the entertainment world, Jerry Stiller, 
uh, yeah. Ben Stiller's Legend. father played Frank Costanza. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld lately. He passed away. So let's do some Seinfeld side characters. We got Frank Costanza. We've got Newman. And we've got Putty, played by Patrick Warburton, who is... Who's now on Space Force. He's, Space on, Force. he's on a lot of things. He's he been, he's, last night I watched him in Space Wars. And he's very, and he's, he's on again, off general. again. Lane's lover. And, and he's in Emperor's New Groove, which is yes. my favorite <laughs> voiceover work of all time. So he also Howie. was in... Uh, I think he was he was in uh, the Netflix series of unfortunate events. Oh yeah, he's the he plays Lemony Snicket. Yeah, yeah he's Great. he's oh, terrific he? in that, and he oh, he ends wow. up like having a relation with Nathan Fillion, which when you see them together, you're like, oh yeah, they could totally uh, come be be branches of the same family tree. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That does he plays his cousin or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> or his, um, his so friend. okay, so if it was me. Uh, I think you got to buy Frank Costanza. I mean, Serenity Now. Every the the would, how how many millions of people celebrate Festivus every year because of uh, Frank Costanza? So um, I would definitely put him in the buy category. Uh, between Newman and Putty, I think Newman is a little bit more memorable, and he does a nice. Um, to Becky's earlier point, he does like a nice contrast to Jerry, uh, where you know he's scheming and he's irritating uh so i think i would i would uh rent newman and putty i could kind of take or leave uh i mean the scene with him in the in the new jersey devils makeup is pretty memorable but right um, that's yeah that's the big one yeah i agree with howie back pretty much um no i uh by frank costanza because it's it's extremely iconic so yes i mean um, man boobs yeah that i mean there's That's so cool. there are I mean, so, many so many great bits but i actually i actually <laughs> would <laughs> um so I many will rent putty over newman because i don't know it's just the newman's the worst so... person i completely agree with right you. And I watched Putty was so consistent. Like, I think one of the things that made his character so funny was just, like, the consistent monotone and the consistent, like, um, reaction. Of, I, I, he was a great contrast specifically to Elaine. And I think that's what was so funny. Her enormous emotions and reactions and his just level, you know? I, I'll, I'll just say I put Newman at the bottom because I've been watching episodes with my kids. That I mean, he's I unbearable. So gross. I read like a list of episodes online that are sort of somewhat family friendly, and there's one where Jerry takes Newman's mail route, oh, yeah. and and they know Newman didn't do it because only because more than fifty percent of the mail was getting delivered, and just the idea that someone could because real post real mail workers like work really hard and like a lot of the fabric of society is based on like mail arriving and being able to trust the mail system and to me i just think being that um uh, horrific of a civil servant is a terrible thing and so he goes at the bottom um okay let's get to our recommendations becky your recommendations also come with kind of a new speaking of imposing rules uh, so I have I have a new self-imposed rule, which is that I, I often have a very hard time choosing what to watch and what movie to watch. I don't have enough time. I don't have mental energy. So I've started uh, to put in place a new rule. I'm only going to watch a movie if it's 95 minutes or less. I'll go up to 95 minutes, but the target time being 75 to 85 minutes. That's really where the sweet spot is. And in the last week, I've watched Stuber, Lovebirds, 
I Can Never Be Your Woman, and then a very strange but funny movie on Hulu called Lemon that has like every comedic actor in it, um, and all of which were successes. Um, I, I think Shaw, I mean, we've talked a bit about I, know, I Can Never Be Your Woman, which is just like, if you want to be like, oh, I love Paul Rudd. Isn't he adorable? Watch that. <laughs> Everyone else is going to talk about Lovebirds too, but laughed from beginning to end. Brilliant comedic chemistry between Kumail and Issa Rae. Um, and is that her, or is that her name in the show? No, that's her name in real life. Um, <laughs> her name you mean in an movies. insecure. No, no, it's insecure. insecure. Yeah, in her, insecure. in her oh. show insecure. Um, that's her real name. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, so so far this rule is really working out. I recommend the rule because even if the movie's not great, it was only ninety minutes. It was like not that big a deal. It's like three eps. So that's been working out. Um, but my real recommendation is I am getting deep into the Avatar: oh Last Lord. Airbender rabbit hole. Howie, can we start a chat that never ever talks about Airbender? <laughs> For God's sakes! I keep being like subtly being like, guys, you have your own. Shy and I are going to start a second podcast that's just about how much we love the show. And I didn't realize how into it I was until last night or two nights ago. Vlad asked me like one really basic question about something he saw that I was watching. And I talked for over 20 (laughs) minutes. It does that to that like also for him to are understand you, that the reason really the show is so special is because a cartoon of this by yourself completely is because of like it. the spiritual nature in it and the, the lessons that i think this would teach our children and ourselves about the importance of meditation and understanding you know the power that oh my god hold. we get it like whoa and i when i was done i like took a breath and i was like okay i think i'm real okay that's it i've crossed uh, over i'm there yeah i i, I it's we're we're rewatching it with the kids and having so such a great time rewatching it. Um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Again, everyone's going to hear me talk about this every week. It's on Netflix right now. Get to it. But uh, one thing, one point I want to make, and I made to Becky and Lily in this, is that think of it like Harry Potter in that the first half of the first season is like the Sorcerer's Stone. It's a kid's book at first that grows with the age of the audience yeah. at the time that was watching it. So it feels like a kid's show and then suddenly you're like, wait a minute, I'm dealing with terrorists and refugees and um, you know, historic yeah. family claims to land and a siege and you know, it, it gets mm-hmm. gets it gets um gets last kingdom very fast. Uh, okay, Lil, how about you? What are you watching? Well, if you can believe it, I took about five or six days off TV. Yeah, it's not really I can believe it. It just annoys me. Well, I wrote in my notes, I wrote in my notes, happy question mark or annoyed. Isn't it because you accidentally shut your own internet off because you didn't pay the bill? That's a side story. that has. You don't have stuff saved on your phone for emergency. If Shai Shai sent me a text that says, I just took six days off TV, I'm like, he's been kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has his phone. That's the code code. to activate the GPS in my shoe. Yeah, (laughs) it's like me texting someone, I'll be fine without peanut butter for three days. (laughs) Uh, It's it's not like I um, didn't use my phone or anything or use technology and let's not go crazy i just didn't uh get a chance to watch shows and um afterwards i was like huh that's nice and then at the same time i was like what a waste of time i can't believe you didn't get to watch shows (laughs) (laughs) it was like a a weird i spent more time with my husband so i guess that was nice um and so you're with each other every day you're in quarantine (laughs) so 
So that was good. But I caught up pretty quick because the I only started watching again like on Friday and it's Sunday. So um, I was I watched, watching Lovebirds with Mom. It was a lot of fun, and she gets so annoyed when I keep saying like. Also asked how it was, and Dad asked how it was. We watched it together alone. I was like, "Mom laughed so hard," and she just was like, "You did too. You did too." And I'm like, "I'm not saying I didn't laugh, but you laughed so hard, and like that's all I can focus on." Um, the band, I will say, the show, the the premise is absurd and it makes no sense. But it just to watch the banter and the writing between the you know the script between the two main characters was very very funny, and it was a joy to be able to laugh, especially with Mom. Um, and then, uh, we, my favorite part, I think of the week was finishing Outlander. That mom is very show emotional about that show. My God. And then beginning to text about it with Becky and cousin Vanessa, shout out cousin Vanessa, without me realizing that Shai is on her text chain. <laughs> oh, for, for days, for days. And, and then what do you think Brianna's doing up in, in the there. future? And can and then she there get- you were. And I was like, Oh, hello friend. Had no idea you were here. Um, and then we tried Outer Banks. This is not a shout out to Allie. Can you not shout out somebody? Because I texted our group text with her all about how I was watching it and she never responded. I'll, so what I'll... are the rules, Allie? What are the rules? <laughs> you recommend a show that yeah. I quote unquote, you're gonna recommend so you better step so you know, up. Past you better guest, step up past, to get those texts. Past guest Mark Toner is he and I are texting constantly about Outer Banks because he's watching at his house with his kids and his wife. And can I get on that text chain? Not only that, that, their house is very pro JJ. What? Yeah, I know, right? You need to send him a message on my behalf and be like, that guy's the worst. Yeah, I, we'll, okay, we'll I am very jealous. Please stop the secret podcast. I am okay. going to catch up. So, so yell at your wife, Shy, that you, but Becky's right. You do not recommend a show to somebody when they text you feedback from that show. You cannot ignore them. No, you mm-hmm. have to stop what you're doing. Like, unless and you're immediate, at doing Yom surgery Kippur, or you're like, in, hold on, in, I made a your recommendation. Hands, your hands are in someone's gallbladder. Then you better <laughs> grab that phone and text back. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Okay. So you can tell her she broke the rules. And then we watched uh, Space Force last night. I, I, this officially makes Rotten Tomatoes stupid and a piece yeah. of shit. Well, I mean, yeah, I, no longer, I'm no longer interested in one like that. and I saw the first three episodes, and I can tell you without a doubt, even though it gets so like absurd and weird, like nonstop laughing. Like cackling out loud. Also, like it is a joy to watch. Punchlines of each of each episode really good. Like Steve Crow's a joy to watch. First of all, second of all, scenes with all the generals sitting around the room. I it's it's so well cast. It's so funny. It's so well written. And it's it's like makes me happy. So Rotten Tomatoes tomatoes. is just a jealous internet troll that they didn't come up with it first. For sure, they are a hundred percent. So that's what I've caught up with in the three days I've gone back to watch TV. How about you, Howie? Um, I'll just, what I've been watching uh, lately, I've been watching the, the most recent season of Ozark uh, on Oh, Netflix. good. Nobody I know watches that. So oh, well, it's, really, I'm always about to check it out. And then you give, you're like, eh, I don't think you'd like it. It's dark. Well, it's, it's dark. It's like a show, show I can't. I have to watch without my my spouse because there are no redeeming characters and shows with no redeeming characters. Shy um, also. Shy I can't get on that. that train. I have a hard time with those. I have a hard yeah. Time. Although you love Sons of Anarchy, and there's really nobody redeeming on that show. Yeah, but their loyalty to each about? other is pretty redeeming. Jimmy Smith's Sons of Anarchy. 
He comes in at the end of the series, shy. Second half of the series. But yes, I, I think that's how he has a great point. Sometimes deplorable people who are loyal to each other is redeeming enough. Yeah, Ozark, I mean, there's less of that, right? Like, it's more of like a strategy kind of show, but it is really right. interesting to watch Jason Bateman at times kind of implode uh, yeah. and at other times uh, just be really good at this really nerdy thing that turns out to be like very desirable for criminal enterprises. Uh, so it's like a, it's a, and it's, it's beautifully shot. I find like, I'm not, I'm yeah. not um, a cinematographer, but it, you know, it's one of I those agree. shows where like, oh, that's a really nice shot or this is a really nice location or whatever it is. Um, so I'm almost finished that. Um, apparently they're not sure if they're going to be renewed for another season, but anyway, really? that's, I saw this on, on the interweb chatter. Not that this is the kind of thing that I look up, so I may be wrong. Uh, on the recommendation of this podcast, uh, my partner and I did just watch Never Have I Ever uh, to our great joy. We love yes. the show. Yes. Um, I think the sta- standout episode for me was where um, uh, Andy Samberg does the narration. Yeah, the narration. Uh, like, he's so funny and the conceit of how they get him into the show that he's the client of yeah of the dad and and then all the pose like the poster of him like they put it it's so funny um john McEnroe, uh i wasn't a huge fan (laughs) i like john McEnroe. i even watched his i even watched his uh he had a late night show on cnbc back in like the early 2000s (laughs) i even watched that he like had it for like a year he he seems to have like to me. I, I don't know know much about anything about professional tennis or John McEnroe, but he's like from my impression of watching him as a narrator, his two settings are like dull and angry. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I loved the series. I thought the acting, the the jokes, like everything about it was funny. Uh, I'm a sucker for a coming of age story, and they did it really well. I think here, uh, and the last one I'll say is. Uh, uh, on Netflix, there's a series uh, called Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is Ben Schwartz. Right, um, doing improv. It's long form improv. I think it's like four episodes. I only watched like one and a half, but the first episode I was watching on the elliptical and like, I was like huffing and puffing from a combination of ellipticalizing and uh, laughing out loud. Oh, uh, I love those two guys. They're so funny and they do it like they're very good at uh, in the, the moments where they have like, like we we're talking about before they have made themselves rules uh, and now they have to follow them. And they're kind of like joking with the audience about how hard it is to follow those rules or like one of them will mess with the other one and they'll stand in a particular way that makes it more challenging for the other one. Uh, and like, so it you kind recommend of, it. Yes. It kind of oh, brings cool. you in on, I was on, on, the, on the joke about it. Cool. But... I mean, you know, I, I like them. I like both of them. So I, I'd, yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah. They're funny. Uh, I haven't made it all the way through the series, but I do plan on getting back to that when, uh, when Ozark is, is done. Uh, oh, you haven't finished it this season. I, I have like, because like my solo TV watching happens only on the elliptical machine. I have like right. half hour increments. Okay. Uh, so you I have like me, 15 minutes. You will be texting <laughs> me when you're done this season. I okay. promise. I'm, I'm in the middle of the last episode, actually. I'm just, okay. tomorrow is, is another elliptical day. So I'll finish it. And I promise <laughs> I will text you back, Allie. I will text Howie back. Uh, all right. I will close out by just saying, Lovebirds, loved it. It's minute for minute Netflix's best movie. Hilarious. Kumail and Issa Rae, 
the chemistry is amazing. And a lot of people, I think, had the same reaction. Those two are hilarious together. Just give me 90 minutes of those two over and over again instead of two hours of excretion or whatever that movie okay, was. But a movie <laughs> called Excretion you shouldn't watch. Is it Extraction? Is that the one with Chris oh, Extraction? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that bad. Oh, well, it's better than bad. They're making can. a sequel. I was like, a movie First called all, Excretion. It, it, continues, it continues the whole thing where, like, the Netflix, there's an app that just generates the names for these Netflix movies. I told you. These are like the canon film. Now, that being said, here's a movie. It had been 90 minutes and had Chris Hemsworth actually really been in it because, honestly, it looks like they filmed – I mean, they filmed what, what looked like a really cool um, Bangladesh-based production that was, like, very much a riff on The Raid. Like, it reminded me a lot of the way they filmed it, The Raid. Um, the, the stunt coordinator from the Marvel's Avengers movies made it. But it didn't have the intensity and the rawness. It had that sort of, like – bloated flabbiness that all of these Netflix action movies have. And then like every once in a while, and most of the movie does not take place in English. And every once in a while you'd have like a scene of Chris Hemsworth. Like you'd look at him, he'd punch a few people. He'd say something like, yeah. And then they just go back to the rest of this intriguing, like mob plot line. Um, but I, but, but what was a shame and Allie and I both said is had this been the 90 minute movie and they, and they, committed more to Chris Hemsworth's character really being a real character, um, they could have done this really cool um, uh, international-based action movie. It had the most potential of any of the ones that I've seen. But you know that they make their show by algorithm because in the middle of the movie, there's like a 15-minute almost like bottle episode within the movie with David Harbour from Stranger Things. And I'm sure they were making this movie and they were like, the execs were like, okay, You've delivered us a movie that's 100 minutes. 90 of them are in Bengali. And it's got some Chris Hemsworth. But we really need something in this that Netflix fans like. What do Netflix people like? They like Stranger Things. David Harbour's like walking by. They're like, film a few scenes with Chris Hemsworth. We'll kill you after 10 minutes. And we've got some David Harbour in there. And suddenly all the Netflix fans are happy. You're right. That does sound like algorithm. Here's a movie I wish they had just either like either amped up the Chris Hemsworth or just made the like, you know, non-English foreign action movie that it could have been. But instead it was like the usual Netflix, like letdown, but it wasn't, it was definitely the least bad of those. It wasn't as bad as six underground, which was unwatchable. Um, There's also the most amazing broken nose setting scene I've ever seen in a movie, Billy. It can only be, I imagine what happened to you after your son broke your nose. Like there is a broken nose setting scene in that movie for the ages. Um, and when I saw it, I said, "That's not realistic," because I know it happened. Oh, you saw the movie. Oh, you saw the movie, right? That nose broken scene was amazing. Yeah. Well, you're also gonna have to explain to me. They really just they they really just moved that plot along quickly. Whereas this deep dive into it, I would not say. Okay, so I don't recommend excretion on Netflix. Thank you. And uh, Bosch season six, he's a hard-boiled cop in a <laughs> world. I don't know. Whatever. You can make up the tagline. And I just, Titus Welliver, they, I, I hear they're only doing one more season. That's insane. They should just, just it should just be required that there's a Bosch season on Amazon forever. Um, and with that, uh, Howie, do you want people to follow you? And if so, where? 
you can follow me I'm on Twitter. I'm at Howie Kislowitz uh, for a mixture of uh, promos for our the music that we're putting out and my views on Canadian constitutional law. So uh, and a happier marriage never there was, I think. Yeah, that's right. And Becky, how about you? At Paper BK Princess on the socials. And Be- and Lily, sorry. Becky Chee-chee. went so fast I almost asked her again. All right, Chi Chi. K. I almost said a different letter. That's not true. Chi Chi K Gomez on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can follow me at Pancake Four Table. That's Pancake and the number four table on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. You can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday Night Movie Pod. The theme song is by What Does It Eat? And you are being treated to a very special audio presentation of our new album, Sidecar. Uh, 16 minutes about movie side characters. And that will pick up uh, right after uh, the, the, the theme song dances us out into the evening. Bye, guys. Love you. Love Bye. you. Thanks for joining, how Howie. How come, you're Howie. Not, how come you're the only one that's not dancing? <laughs> All right, we have to Shots. go, guys. Wait, I have Thanks to go, but Shia, I keep forgetting to ask you, how come you're not on this mini pancake cereal train that people are making all over Instagram? Sharpest hammer in the shed But an airplane engine has just always made sense If you want a rhyming sonnet, no I'm not your guy But if you need to fly, I'll keep you in the sky Now you might think being from Antucket would have been acres Having always to contend with the famous verse But if you ask Global Mather, well I could have done worse I'm paging ground control And when that old houseboat went, went down, it went down, it went down, yes, it sank like a stone. And Joe and Brian didn't want me round, want me round, want me round, they left all alone. I thought that was it, Ooh. then I saw that hit, Ooh. they say you're our witness.
Never said the hot little number to the second best man holding them up. Yeah, they can keep on looking at me like I just killed the cat, but it ain't gonna make me stop. Toning just as long as my legs keep moving and my kidneys keep filtering my blood. Well, I don't see any danger going home with a stranger waking up and saying, I see you when I see you, bud. Overstated, ayo, oh, wait. I ain't got the time to complicate it, ayo, oh, wait. As long as there's a heart pumping in your chest, we're singing, ayo, oh, wait. You got to love who you love and disregard the rest of singing, ayo.
Titan has four legs And if falling from a window Could surely make you dead Did you know they used to use the organs of cats To make strings for violins I hear some people still do that So goodbye Learned a simple lesson and I can't overstate it 